Podcast. This is Big Mo, and as always, we have Action Jackson on the line. Action, how are we doing today, and how do you feel about those Hogs? Well, man, I'm I'm doing great. Fantastic when you win, and uh, it, you know, I, I have a question right off the bat. We we did win Saturday. Is that, is that correct? Uh, well, we win. But based on some of the things I've been hearing and, and reading, I, I was kind of wondering myself, you know, I have to seem like I saw a win, but, you know, now I'm kind of thinking, did I misread that score? I, I mean, it, uh, it, the, the last time I looked at the win column, I, I believe we're 2-0. and I, I believe we had a 56-13 uh, a to 13 win in week one, and I believe we won 28-6 to 6 over the weekend. So I'm, I'm feeling dang good about those hogs. Uh, let me just give you some, some takes from some fans here that, that aren't feeling so good. Uh, for instance, uh, one fan says, we made no improvements from week one to week two. I'm concerned. Another one says, the offensive line is a joke. Rotating seven or eight O-linemen is like having two quarterbacks. If you have two, you have none. Musical chairs with the O-line is not the answer. Man, I got you. Gotta love Razorback fans, man. I mean, we we we've been in the gutter and, and in the basement for so long. We get a little uh, success going, and and then we we don't live up to expectations, and now everybody's concerned. Well, I'm not concerned, Big Mo. We're two and zero. We got BYU this weekend, and uh, I, I think I think we're gonna be just fine. I think we're gonna be just fine. I, you know, I, I tend to agree. Um... You know, I, first of all, I, I think our defense, if we focus on the positives, obviously the defense is doing better than anybody expected us to do starting off the year, Absolutely. which which is good. But also I have to I have I have to look at it from a point of view as you know, these are young college players. These are not professionals. We're, these are not 35-year-old, mid-30 guys, like uh, maybe a couple guys on this podcast, who probably ain't going to, uh, you know, grow or improve our athletic talents in the future that much. These are, these are still young kids who have a chance to get better as the season goes on. And this is only the second game. If I think many people, if you've watched the NFL this past week, you saw some teams that came out that were expected to do good, expected to win, highly ranked, and they kind of fell flat on their face. Yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't get W's like we did. Right. And so I look at it from the point of view is, you know, the most important games, the games that you're going to lose are the conference games. Those are the games that you're going to um, – have the most difficulty with i would rather be preparing for those games with a feeling of we need to get better rather than preparing for those games slapping each other on the back saying man what a what a blowout victory against kent state we did you know wow that offensive line looking great we just need to sit back and you know eat some hot dogs and and relax and just wait wait till we have to get on the bus to go down to baton rouge no 
No, I, I want people with a fire under their belly and uh, or fire under their backside and saying, look, you know, we've got to get a lot better. And that's what we have. This, this offensive line, yes, it, it's, it hasn't been impressive. I'll totally agree with that. But right. I want that offensive line knowing that they haven't been impressive while we prepare for that SEC schedule and hearing these comments, I actually think these comments are a good thing for them, and it's going to make us better. Well, and, and I, I agree with you there. And, you know, you, you make a good point, which I had, uh, which I had uh, thought about is, you know, our, our starters had to play the whole game. There, there wasn't any rest. They didn't get to go to the sideline and sit there and watch their teammates get better. They had to get better themselves. They had to take those snaps. So now we get these struggles out of the way, and now we're more ready to buckle down than we would have been if we won 50 to 6 or, or 60 to 6 or if we would have hung 70 on them. You know, we, we had to go out there and we had to compete down after down, play after play, you know, and, and, and you make another good point. We're 2-0. and oh. Now, I, I want to put this in perspective for some of our lovely fans out there that, you know, that, that think the sky is falling. Listen to this. Texas Tech is 0-2, one of those losses being to Wyoming. Texas A&M, LSU, and Bama all lost to out-of-conference teams. And those games, folks, weren't even close. Nebraska, everybody's uh, Cinderella and every, the team everybody seems to love, they're 0-2. Houston over the weekend lost to Rice. Purdue lost in week one to Fresno State. Tennessee struggled to beat Austin Peay this weekend. Kentucky struggled to beat Eastern Kentucky. Georgia went scoreless in the first quarter against Ball State. And Missouri, that team that is supposed to be our rival, guess what? They struggled to beat Middle Tennessee State, having to score late in the fourth quarter to beat them. So uh, that uh, that that needs to be putting things in perspective. We could be 0-2. We could have lost over the weekend. But guess what, folks? We won. And, you know, when the offense struggles, yes, it's been struggling. We're disappointed. But when teams don't reach expectations, that's where disappointment comes in. Let's not yep. let's not count the ship as lost when we absolutely win. absolutely. Mean, there was a time not long ago we would have lost that game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot, lot more, lot to still be positive about. And frankly, I think it's a good thing. If you were to tell me. You know, Big Mo, would you rather go out and blow them out 60 to 6 or would you rather win 28 to 6 and have have things to work on? I would rather have the 28 to 6 because I'm not it doesn't make a difference to me as a Razorback fan whether we beat Kent State 60 to 6 or 28 to 6. What matters to me is that we improve our team going into SEC play and that we have a chance certainly need to take care of BYU this week. But um, at home, and, and, you know, that's never a given. So I, I would rather be, be up for that game, but also, of course, get ready for conference play. So to me, I, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I want us to, and, and I think a lot of the struggles were due to not having a rocket. If we have a rocket, we do a lot better that game, um, you know, despite the offensive line play. But, um, again, you know, we're, we're, we're figuring ourselves out, which is exactly what you should be using these games for. And right, and you know, and you bragged on the, you bragged on the defense, and I, I'm glad that you did that because I'm going to brag on them a little bit too. Uh, 11 tackles for loss in the game. 
a shutout in the second half, including the goal line stand that we really didn't have to have to win the game, but but they showed a, a you know a great presence on the field to get that goal line stand down there, regardless of who the the, the team is we're playing. And and I have to give a nod to my defensive player of the game, one Jaheim Thomas, twelve tackles, three of those oh, yeah. being solos, one and a half sacks. And my play of the game this week is none other than another defensive touchdown, the pick six by Antonio Greer to put us ahead. And, oh, by the way, his first snap in a Razorback uniform went for a touchdown on defense. Uh, So, I mean, our defense, you know, we gave up four yards in the third quarter, uh, really, really turned up the intensity on them in the second half. And, uh, which you know, which made me kind of step out of line earlier uh, off the air when I said that I just think our defense is better than the offense. And uh, but right now, I, I I have to give a nod to the defense because you know we we only we only scored 28 points, but guess how many we had to score to win because of the defense? We didn't need but seven. Last time I looked, seven to six would have won that game. And uh, I, I just give kudos to the defense for how they played. Absolutely, I, th- I think Jaheen. That's that's kind of a no-brainer for defensive player. That game, he he was really a monster all over the field, and um, you know showed us what the Razorbacks could do. Uh, you know when the when the game's uh, on the line, you know maybe in a future game that's tighter. You know those those tackles may not be stand out as big against Kent State, but they'll certainly stand out in a one possession ball game in the SEC later down the line. So I love seeing that too. I also love seeing that to my knowledge, we didn't have any major injuries coming out of the game, which no, is another big out, check. We came out pretty clean. Uh, pretty clean. As far as, far as, uh, as far as I've been able to tell. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think the, you know, the first week's offensive player of the game for you was a pretty easy pick, but this week's, doesn't seem as clear-cut to me. Who, who is your offensive player of the game? Uh, well, I kind of went back and forth. I, I mean, I, a lot of times, you know, it's been KJ. Um, and I do – I really appreciate the game that KJ played because he didn't have any turnovers. And that, right. to me, is very important for taking care of an opponent like this, especially when you have your defense playing as good as they are and not uh, – not giving them a short field, not giving them anything to where our defense doesn't have a full field behind them to to stop them, and that helped a lot. So I, I, I tip my hat to KJ on that. Um, but I think for offensive player, I'm going to have to go with AJ Green because he got a lot of important yards for us behind some, you know, as as many people have acknowledged, some mediocre offensive line play. Got 82 yards on 15 carries. Also did not turn over the ball, no fumbles, nothing like that, which was good. Caught one pass for seven yards. And he also had to step up and fill some big shoes in Rocket Sanders. So I'm going to give my my offensive player of the game to A.J. uh, Because, again, it's not easy to step into that role and, uh, and most importantly, not turn over the ball. But he did that. And so with KJ, 13 of 19 passes, just wasn't really, only 136-yard passing. Um, I felt like KJ came in and the game plan from the coach's point of view at some point was just don't take unnecessary risks. And he did that, but 
I can't give him offensive player of the game for that. It was more KJ was more managing the game. I felt like, and of course he ran the ball a lot too, a lot more than I'd like, frankly. But it's like Sam Pittman said after the game, it's because he had to run it. Right, thirteen you carries know? for forty-eight. Thirteen carries for forty-eight yards. Uh, I mean, he was very efficient in running. Uh, definitely, we don't want to see him run the ball that much. But if, if that's what it takes for us to win, uh, then, then you know we have to put the ball in his hands. I, I also want to give a nod to to Andrew Armstrong with the, with the two touchdown catches uh, on offense. Uh, I think he's uh, that's doing nothing but building confidence in a uh, in a young receiver and. Uh, and how about Tesla? I mean, it, it doesn't matter where you put that ball. That guy's going to catch you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, those, those were all other considerations for sure for the receivers. Um, so you're right. It could have gone to – it could uh, – you know, there were a lot of good candidates there. I, I thought A.J. with 15 carries, uh, 82 yards, I, I felt like he um, – I mean, he had the, the most touches other than K.J. for the game. Yeah. And um, – you know, uh, I would have to give it to him. He, he didn't get uh, the, the, the one rushing touchdown, but otherwise performed, the, performed well. For the struggles, for the struggles that we had on offense, I mean, if you if you look back at the game, uh, there's there's not very many games where you're only going to have nine offensive possessions. Uh, the, one of one of my favorite guys in sports, uh, uh, Trey Biddy, actually broke it down that we had seven real drives, seven real drives, and we scored four touchdowns. That's still pretty efficient offense. I mean, you know, we we didn't need to score fifty to win. On Saturday, we needed to score twenty eight, and that's what we got. And uh, there's going to be some games that twenty eight is not going to be enough. But Saturday it was, and you know, we we got bigger fish to fry now. And uh, and, and BYU comes to town Saturday night, whether uh, whether we think we're ready for them or not. That's right. So, what do you think we're going to have to do to uh, to beat BYU, Jackson? Well, I mean, last year, uh, if you go back to the game last year in Provo and, and their house, we had to outscore them. I mean, literally, we uh, we gave up 35, but we scored 52. And uh, I don't I don't know if we're going to need 52 Saturday night. Uh, I know we're going to need one more point than they have uh, in order to win. <laughs> uh, and, but I do think our defense is, is very much improved, uh, and I think that, that they're they're good enough to maybe cut that point total in half. So. I know my score last week wasn't very close, but you know, thirty-eight seventeen has been has been my number since the game went final Saturday, and I'm not going to go away from that. I'm going to I'm going to say Hogs win thirty-eight uh, seventeen. They go to three and zero, and then we get ready to go to that showdown in Baton Rouge. That would be nice. That would certainly be what we're looking for. If we can take care of BYU, and like you said, we're hoping that the defense proves that they are better than they were. Uh, last year, when, like you said, we gave up a bunch of points in their house, hopefully that will change with them coming uh, coming to Fayetteville here. Right. And, and um, to, to throw another uh, to throw another stick on your fire that you started a while ago uh, under me uh, about this, uh, you know, it's good that everybody's not slapping each other on the back about last week because. Uh, the, the great Rick Schaefer had a quote this week. He said that he was concerned when the team took the field because he thought that there was a little overconfidence. And he says this, overconfidence cannot be coached away. You can't coach overconfidence out of a player. If you're overconfident, that's just something that you can't coach away. And do you, do you think that maybe in these first 
couple of weeks that, that maybe we've uh, been overconfident, or do you think maybe, especially on offense, that we just haven't opened the, the whole toolbox yet, so to speak? Uh, what, what are your thoughts about what, what you've seen so far? Well, I think it's both. I really think it's both. I think, yes, we're holding back some plays that we would be running against better opponents, and we should be. I think that's definitely part of it. And I also definitely think it is overconfidence because it's hard to be – it's hard not to be overconfident when, you know, the Vegas or or the sport – the betting uh, line setters are are putting you as 37.5% favorites i mean i'm sorry 37 5.5 point favorites over the uh, team you're playing how can you not they're expecting you to win by more than five touchdowns i mean that's absurd and 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 you you know a lot of it you can't be blamed for that it's hard to feel like wow we really need to get up for this team when you've got that type of line uh being being laid in your favor um at the same time that does the has the opposite effect on Kent State. Kent, let's not forget about Kent State. Kent State has historically been a pretty good football team, and a team that has given a lot of big teams trouble in the past. This is not a, a bad. I mean, this is this is kind of a middle of the pack or better uh, mid major team that you're talking about here. And yes, they looked bad that first game, but they kept hearing the same stuff that maybe Arkansas is hearing now about how, you know, you, you know, Kent State, what a patsy, what a pushover, you know, Arkansas is going to run all over them. Well, that motivates them just like it takes our motivation down. So it, that was also part of it, too, was Kent State came out with a little chip on their shoulder, I felt like. And, uh, yeah, um, that, that will affect things at the line of scrimmage. You saw Kent State giving our offensive linemen a tough time, and that's because they had to hear about how they gave up 700 yards the previous week, the whole week. So there was a lot of factors. Yeah, a lot of factors that worked into that. Um, they heard I, all week how bad they are and how, how much of a pushover they are, and Arkansas is going to do you real bad this week. And, uh, I mean, as a player, you know, and but, you know, and, and to give you a flip side of the coin from earlier, uh, Big Mo, you know, I gave the negatives about our fans, but here's some positives. Um, we're averaging winning 42 to 9. We'll be fine. A different team will show up and a better team this next week. Everybody take a chill pill. We're going to be fine. The O-line starters will make their presence known this week. And here is my favorite one of the week from one of our lovely fans out there. Who, uh, when I read this to you earlier, you, you thought it was from me. This is not my quote. This is just one that's coming forth from my list. I'm not concerned. I'm the eternal optimist. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> We're going to get these wrinkles ironed out. A better team will show up this weekend and at LSU. So we do have some fans that haven't just totally uh, thought the sky's falling as of yet. So, uh, you know, not all our fans are all out there, you know, woe is me. I mean, I remember a time when we would start 0-2. They're like, well, here we go again. Here's another two-win season. But guess what? We've already got two wins. Now let's go get number three. That's what I'd say. Let's go get number three. Amen to that. That's for sure. Now, we will have a tough test with BYU's quarterback, who's already thrown for almost 500 yards and four touchdowns this uh, season. 
and I think he's run for a couple more. So they do have a very talented quarterback coming in. But as uh, as some have mentioned on talk radio this week, one of the most improved parts of the Razorback defense is the secondary. So I think this will be the first test to see really what we've got in our secondary because BYU, to my mind, they're going to air the ball out. This is not going to be a – a run it, you know, obviously can't stay only through 17 passes. I'm expecting twice that many from BYU. I'm expecting 34 or more passes, and they're really going to test our secondary all game long, especially if we get the lead, because they're not going to fold up. They're, they're trying to win this game. They're coming off of a 41-16 win last week, and they're coming to Fayetteville with a lot of confidence, and they, you know, undefeated just like we are. That's right. And, you know, and one thing, you know, the, the nod to the defense is, you know, we got to we got to disrupt that timing. Uh, if I remember about BYU, they're all about a, a, a time-passing offense, you know, a, a quick three-step, three- or four-step drop, and they're going to get rid of the ball. Uh, and, and what disrupts that is that defense pass rush. Uh, I think, you know, we have to get in the backfield and uh, we need to win the turnover battle again. And, uh, you know, up, up to this point, we we have not turned the ball over. I want to see our offense continue to take care of the ball with, with KJ and the running backs and uh, ball security. And then uh, see if we can't force two or three turnovers, uh, you know, force force that quarterback to, to, to try to force a pass. And what hurt my feelings if we take another one to the house. I mean, it seems to be a trend right now of, of Absolutely, that would be that would be wonderful. And the fundamentals of the game again, take away the aesthetics and look at the fundamentals. Like you said, Hogs haven't turned over the ball yet this season, and we've only allowed one touchdown all year to, right. through two games. And I don't care who you're playing, as you just listed a whole bunch of uh, major teams who struggled against uh, non-conference uh, cream puff, you might say, opponents. I don't care who you're playing. That's just good fundamental football. If you don't let the other team put the ball in the end zone and you don't get turn the ball over, your chances of winning go way up. I think if we do that against BYU, uh, obviously we're, we're going to be in good shape. But I'm expecting BYU to come out and move the ball. I'm expecting them to have good drives. And we're going to be tested. Our resilience is going to be tested for the first time. We may even be down in this game. We don't know. I hope not. But it would not surprise me if BYU came out with a solid game plan and they put some drives together on us and they forced us to play offense, um, which is frankly what we need. We need somebody to force us to do that. And because that's what we're going to be getting in the SEC. We're not, we're not we going to be little, getting, yeah. We're not going to be getting people who lay down and, and let us run the ball you know, I don't know, 40 times like, we, like we've been doing. We're going to get teams that make us pass the ball and make plays. And BYU is one of those teams. Well, I mean, you know, we got a little taste of it this last week, you know, because we, we did find ourselves down 3 to nothing. I mean, it was just a field goal boost. I mean, the last time I looked, if you lose 3 to nothing, you still lost. So <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were down. We were down 3 to 0, you know. So we got a little bit of a, of a, of a taste of what it was like to be behind. And uh, I, I, but the thing is about our offense, we do have an offense that is capable of coming back from a deficit and 
we just hope we don't have ourselves in that place. And I, and I think our defense, if the defense is as much improved as I'm giving them credit for in these first two games, I don't. I don't think we're going to have to score very many points to win this one either. I, I think our defense is going to play sound, and uh, you know, and just you know, keep everything in front of you, make the tackle. I think we've been pretty sound tackling so far, and you know, when you get a chance to get your hands on that ball, uh, you know, give KJ and the offense another another position, and, and let the big man go back to work. Exactly. I would love to see it. But again, I'm preparing for BYU again. They they put like you said, they put a lot of points on us last year. I'm preparing for BYU to score, and our offense needs to be prepared the same. I want our defense to do good. I'm hoping our defense plays like they did against Western Carolina and Kent State. But I'm not expecting it. Offense needs to know you're coming out, and we're looking at the offense to win this game. And I believe in them, despite what you know. The, you know, maybe they went below expectations and uh, at least last week's game. But uh, I still believe the offense is the strength of our team. I still believe that. And next week is a prime opportunity to show it on your home field. We need to take advantage of that. So uh, let's go ahead and let's move on to some of the other games we had last week. Uh, Jackson, let's just go out and say it. It was a tough week for the SEC. It, it, it really was, and, you know, it, it starts at the, at the top where, you know, where the, where the cream of the crop has been for so many years now, but uh, there, there are problems in, uh, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, and they, they they took one square on the chin uh, Saturday night to the Texas Longhorns. Uh, uh, it puts a bad taste in my mouth to even say that, that Texas beat anything from the SEC, and, uh, you know, uh, I think I think Coach Saban's got some things he's got to work on over there, and um, you know, just just really a, a tough overall weekend. And fans, don't don't take anything I say as gold because I was awful in my predictions last week. And you know, the the landscape of college football has changed, Big Mo. And I, and I want to get your thoughts on this because the the top five in in, in the poll right now is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Texas and USC. Do you, do you have any problems with any of that? Well, um, and no, not really. Not really. That, that sounds about right. Uh, the truth is, and you know, I, I'm, and, and you know, you forgot Colorado, didn't you? Well, I mean, I was just talking about the top five. I mean, that's, that's what they listen on the radio. Oh, so you don't have Colorado in the top five? Colorado is the definitely the, the feel good story of college football right now. I mean, Coach Prime is he's done something that that nobody gave him credit for that, that he would do in this first year, and uh, and has really looked impressive. Uh, but the the posters don't have them in the top five. Like I said, you know they got Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas at number four, and USC at number five, which. I don't think it was even fair for Stanford to play USC Saturday night. I, I don't. I mean, I think Stanford dressed a high school team is what it looked like because that was just absolutely uh, a, a throttling uh, over there in the Coliseum. Oh yeah, for sure. That was that was more lopsided, especially with USC leaving the conference and that being maybe their last chance to play them for a little while. I was I was surprised even with it being at at the Coliseum, but um, Colorado moved up to 18, going back to the Buffaloes, who just completely manhandled, manhandled Nebraska 
And to me, I was I was shocked by that result because Colorado, with all the buzz around them, and, and Nebraska, Nebraska actually did a little bit of talking, as as we heard from the post game comments by Colorado's quarterback um, before the game. And I thought that game would be much closer than it was. Uh, but Colorado, to me, has re- I mean they they're more than a feel good story. Now last year, the feel good story with the TCU Horn Frogs. And that's what a lot of people say about them most of the season. Oh, yeah, they're still undefeated. You know, they started the year either unranked or barely ranked. And now, you know, look at them. They're climbing the ranks as they go because everybody keeps counting them out and they keep winning. And TCU, of course, they got embarrassed in that last game. But if you look at all the games before that, they were the number two team in the country. Yep, and you yep. know one thing about you know coach what coach Brown's got going is, is you know in watching that game you know it, it was close for for about a quarter and a half and then Colorado just turned this I don't know if they flip a switch or uh, I, I don't know what they do but I mean it's just like a total different team went back on the field and I mean the, Nebraska was just like here in the headlights from then on and and they got ran over by Buffalo I mean they they really did they they got a uh, they got curb stomped by uh, hungry Buffalo team and a team that you know was only picked to win under three games. You know, the, I think that was the betting odds, the two, two and a half over or under two and a half, and so they've already won two for goals, Colorado. You know, and yeah, for Colorado and <laughs> uh, and Coach Coach Tom is you know he's uh, uh, what, what I really like that he's done is he gave a lot of credit to his, to his maker. He's he gave a lot of credit to. Uh, to God, I mean, it seems like God's always uh, in his thought process and in his mind. And then, you know, they said the other day that, you know, one of the positive things he did in his life is he cut out profanity. And he doesn't even remember how many years it's been gone. And he said, I'm just, you know, I'm surrounding myself by positivity and I'm trying to instill this in my players. And that's what he's doing. And he's putting the rest of the nation on notice that, uh, you know, when you do things right, good things happen to you. And, uh, that's one of his messages to, to those players, and, and it's, it's showing on the field. Yeah, well, Colorado is going to definitely be a big story. They have Colorado State coming up this week, non-conference opponent. They're favored by 23. I'll get your thoughts on that game in a second. But right after that game, I mean, we don't there, – there's not going to be a whole lot of time for people to digest Colorado before they get into the big ones. Because the week after Colorado State, on September 23rd, they go into Oregon for their first conference game of the year. Into Oregon, number 13 team in the country. And then the very next week, this is all in September, Jackson, they have the none other than the USC Trojans, fifth in the nation, coming into town. So we're going to find, by the, by the time before September comes to a close, we're going to find out just how good the Colorado Buffaloes are. Well, and, you know, you, you kind of said it about Arkansas earlier. How, how are they going to do this week when everybody's patting them on the back and saying how great they are and your, your future favorites against Colorado State? How, how are they going to go out and perform? Are they going to go out and blast their doors off, or, or are they going to struggle? You know, what, what, what kind of game are we going to see out of them when, when now that they're, they're getting patted on the back and everybody's praising them? So who, who are you picking in that game? Why don't you tell us, Jackson? Uh, now, let me, before you before you get started, you know I'm usually the hardest one on you, but when you miss your predictions, 
but I'm giving you a pass because this to, is I've a very strange. Huh? Go ahead. I've got to go with Colorado. Uh, I know that yeah. my, my picking hasn't been very good. I think the only one I got last week right was 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 saying as we were going off the air that I thought that Detroit could uh, upset Kansas City, and uh, but the uh, I I got to go with Colorado. I, I just think that uh. Coach Prime has his guys ready. They don't. They don't have a letdown. They they get it done in Colorado State. All right. Well, I also have to toot my own horn just a little bit about one game that I called being a closer game than people thought, and it almost was an upset. But I, I mentioned I didn't think it was going to be an upset, but it was going to be close. And that's Baylor stay within a touchdown of Utah, and that was a very competitive game. Baylor lost twenty to thirteen. But, uh, uh, you know, anytime you have a team like that who's got a, a good pedigree and you're coming into their house and you're riding high like Utah was, it's a danger zone. And Baylor showed that. Utah survived, but uh, right. they got all they wanted from the Bears. And, you know, Baylor's another one of those teams that a lot of people love them and they're sitting there 0 2. They're looking for their first win. Yep. Uh, so uh, what what other what other big ones do we got on tap this week? Well, okay, going back to last week, you know my my two other favorite teams, other than Arkansas, had a tough week. Uh, NC State. I'm trying to push you past that. I was trying to push. Uh, you past I know. That. I, I, I but I gotta take my lumps. I gotta take my lumps. And and NC State, I'm still not convinced. Uh, we have a new quarterback. Uh, he's mostly a a running quarterback, and. Um, I'm just still not convinced. Brennan Armstrong, he threw 47 passes, okay, Jackson, 47 passes. You wouldn't think that's a running quarterback. He also had 12 carries, though. But um, out of those 47 passes, he only completed 22 with three interceptions. You just cannot have a sub-50% completion percentage and expect to beat teams like Notre Dame. Saban has very seldom gone undefeated. 
he usually loses at least one game a year. But it's very rare for that one game to be at home. That's rare. That was the worst, the worst home loss since 2004 for Alabama. So, well, that that, uh, that says it all right there. We're talking 19 yeah. years. Yeah. So let's not overstate what happened, uh, you know, to Alabama in that game. That's a big alarm, alarm bell going off for the SEC right there. But uh, it seemed like the only team that <laughs> that outperformed expectations, baby. And the SEC was against my Tulane Green Wave. Ole Miss ended up winning by 17 points in New Orleans, in Tulane, even though Tulane took a touchdown lead into the half. Yeah. And and Ole Miss scored back in the second half with a – they outscored them 27-3 in the second half. You know, and, and you know, when you speak of two teams, you know they're obviously coming up on Arkansas' schedule, which we can't look ahead. But I, I, I've said it all along. I, I think if we're if this if we're going to end this streak against the team out east in, in the state of Alabama, is this year. And I have more confidence in that after seeing what happened to them on Saturday night. I don't know. I don't that, know. I'm not saying that we're on Texas level or that. You know, but I don't think Texas is just world beaters. I think that they jumped them up in the top four too fast, and here in a few weeks you're going to see why. When when Texas lets down their fans and they lose, uh, they're not going on duty. Uh, so right. I, I hate to, to bust a Longhorn bubble out there. If we have a Longhorn fan, you know, you can convert over to, to, to Razorbackism whenever you get ready to. We'll be glad to welcome you on onto our bandwagon. Uh, you can leave the Longhorns at any time. Uh, we won't hold it against you. Uh, you know, we're sorry that you suffered all these years and that burnt ugly orange. You can put on crimson and uh, and, and look like a real football team, you know. But, uh, you know, it, it, they're not going undefeated either. Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that have two, two wins right now. They're 2-0. and oh. Guess what? They're not going undefeated. So, uh and I'm not ready to say that Arkansas is not, but I mean, if you look at history, we're, we're probably not going undefeated, folks. So, uh, well, yeah. It's just, I mean, I don't know. Now, when you say Texas isn't going undefeated, I'm looking at their schedule here. Texas only has two teams on the rest of their schedule that are currently in the top 25, and they have zero teams. Zero teams on their schedule that are ranked better than 15. The only two ranked teams that they play currently, who are currently ranked for the rest of the year,
again, they're, they're not going to lose. I mean, if they lose more than one game this year to a 12-game schedule, I will be surprised. They will have gone very south of Texas because they're going to be favored, I believe, in every single game they play from here on out. And, uh, and again, they have basically a tiebreaker, in my mind, over every team in the SEC once you beat Alabama at their home field. So... SEC is down to three possible playoff spots, and I'm not right with that. Again, unless something crazy happens and Texas loses multiple games to, 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 to that they're favored in, which wouldn't surprise anyone who's a Texas fan. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, think, I think Georgia's probably, I mean, right now they're probably, a, I mean, if there is a lock out there, I would say that they're probably one of the locks for the playoff home this year. Wisconsin once again failed to beat Washington 
States, despite being ranked 19th in the country and favored on the road. Washington State won 31-22, so it's official. Washington State will be taking their place, and Wisconsin will be one of the teams that is left conferenceless after this season. That's a, I'm, of course, I'm just joking. But that's the way it should be. this week, Jackson, to be honest with you. This is a very light week of games. Um, we got North Carolina Tar Heels, who are ranked 20th in the country, to my chagrin, facing the Minnesota Golden Gophers at home on ESPN 2.30 on Saturday. Uh, North Carolina's favored by eight. Uh, Minnesota's undefeated, though, and uh, certainly capable of, of pulling off an upset as they have done in goals. Minnesota played Nebraska the first game of the year, beat them 13 to 10, as you know. Uh, can Minnesota take their game on the road?
before we move headlong into the conference schedule. I'm talking about redemption against a non-conference team. And that is the Missouri Tigers on the last hope for the Southeastern Conference. And that is that sound. They play the number 15th ranked Kansas State Wildcats at home. Both that game and the LSU game are on at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Jackson, Missouri going to make one last stand for the SEC? Actually, Jackson, I apologize for this. Our, our sound quality has not been good today. I forgot to. Uh, I think I pushed a button here and uh, and put us put us on a low volume. Um, so I apologize for the poor sound quality. Hopefully, everyone out there was able to turn up your dial a little bit a little bit higher to, to catch that that last segment there. Um, but yeah, that's all the games we have today. It's a pretty. It's a. I mean, this this coming week, it's a pretty light schedule. For every team out there, I, th I think most teams had the same idea as the Razorbacks to schedule an, a beatable opponent before they go headlong into the conference schedule. And uh, that's probably what we're going to see. For those of you placing bets this week, uh, I'm expecting a lot of chalk. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with you. And, you know, it, 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 it's always great to be with the fans and, uh, you know, and we all, always look forward to, uh, to to each and every episode. And uh, I guess all I really have to add is, uh, is, is go Hogs and uh, let's get another win and, and look forward to LSU. All right. All right. Amen, Amen to that. Amen to that.